Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, West World. There we go. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Welcome, welcome to you. Hello, hello. It's the The One Show show, the podcast that seeks to peer curiously at BBC One's flagship early evening magazine programme, The One Show, as though it were the broadcasting equivalent of The Elephant Man. The One Show is misshapen, shunned by many, occasionally difficult to interpret and best viewed under a blanket. And we're like Dr. Frederick Treves, caring for it despite it being a freakish anomaly of television. I am John Holmes. Once again, we're here to go through a week's worth of Green sofa and yellow rickshaw action, wherein this week a man wins a shop in a raffle. Marcus Mumford is confused by a chicken and some children are hindered by Matt Baker on a hill. And joining me to push through it all, which is a challenge to rival the rickshaw one, let me tell you, is the The One Show Show regular Mark Haynes and broadcaster, recent Gold Radio Award winning broadcaster, no less, uh, co-host of the Fortunately with Fee and Jane podcast, it's the Jane Half, it's only Jane Garvey. Fantastic. What a welcome. Isn't it, though? How nice to have someone who's won an award for their radio work on the show, finally. <laughs> well, I've won awards for both radio and podcast work. Wow. Yeah. I know. This is, know. Um, this this is, is remarkable. It is. You need I, to raise really your game. I know I do. Yeah, I got pipped to the post by, by Jane. Well, you weren't, Fee, no, because you weren't second. No, that's true. <laughs> Third. A lowly bronze. Not so much a pip, more of an apple. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So, well, thanks for coming on. No worries. How could I refuse this of all podcasts? I know. I could not refuse it. Well, should we get into that straight away? Well, you can because, you know, life's too short, isn't it? All right, then. Well, it it turns out. (laughs) You knew. The fact is, yeah, I knew. The fact is that Jane used to be married to the one show's original presenter, Christine Bleakley. (laughs) That's right. We were happy for many years until she wandered off with bloody Frank. I'll never forgive him. Um, No, Adrian Childs. Um, But we we learned... Good face you made there. Um, we learned that you are partly responsible for where the one show comes from. Well, I think it is true that Adrian uh, was going to be the presenter of this new show back in... How many years has it been going for now? You must know. You're experts. Twelve years? Mm, probably, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking because our I mean, I mean, You're negotiating child, that against your personal Yeah, I'm now, just so thinking... Uh, um, <laughs> anyway, that it was going to be uh, in Birmingham. It was yeah. The BBC wanted it to be outside London because, you know, all the pressures of putting shows outside the capital. It's really important. And that would have meant that we, as a family at the time, the unit two kids and us would have had to move to the Midlands and I went to university in Birmingham I'm very fond of the Midlands but my life and my job were both in London and the kids lives were in London and I just didn't I did not fancy it yeah. for the for the family I'll be honest with you yeah, it enough. did as many people will long since have forgotten and who could blame them. it did come from Birmingham for a trial summer before it was actually started officially. And we were relocated to Worcestershire for that summer. We spent the whole of... Can you wake up, please, John? This is fascinating. This is one-show history. And presumably aficionados who listen to this bloody thing must be interested in this. very interested in the Worcestershire connection. I've got all the detail, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so we were living in Malvern in a house the BBC rented, and the show was coming from what was, I think, still Pebble Mill at the time, with Adrian and Nadia Sawala. Yes. It's interesting that that Pebble Mill is the studio that they were thinking of using because I've always felt that there was an attempt to remake Pebble Mill mm. with the one show. Is, yeah. is that fair to say? Well, I'm I'm genuinely of uh, an age where I used to watch Pebble Mill because Pebble Mill was the daytime show before daytime telly and if you were on half-term from school and the Sullivans had finished, yeah. uh, which it normally had finished just before the one o'clock news on ITV and then you'd turn over and be Pebble Mill with Bob and Marion. Pebble Mill was the one show with A-levels. Hi folks, welcome to Pebble Mill and a happy Derby Day to one and all. We were going to st- start today's show with Lord Longford and his yodeling whippets, but instead over to Bob Langley. Come on, come on, come on. You were late again today, weren't you? This man is always late. Always late. To fill in for you. <laughs> Pebble Mill was also unappreciated. But rather loved, I suspect. And it was, I remember, there were some good real-life features on Pebble Mill. God, I just... Tell you what, it didn't have his own podcast, though, did it? And it didn't have... <laughs> hey, it, what hey. it lacked was a podcast. <laughs> yes. And you clearly don't know who Bob and Marion are, do I you? Remember I remember Bob. I don't remember Marion. I don't no. know why that Marian is. Marion Foster? I think it yeah. was. She was not. I think she was a Geordie woman, and uh, she was very good. Well, I actually. do associate it with yeah, coming home from school for lunch because yeah. well, my I lived opposite. Why did the you sco- come home for lunch? Well, the, my house was opposite the school. Were you just uh, a wimp? Yeah, basically, I got bullied. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't By like my Bristol. parents, and they made me go home to, so they could bully John's me more. Back for his yeah. lunch, pass me the gravel. <laughs> oh, and you oh. sit and watch Pebble Mill. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was their Alan, way of bullying me. Marsh, I think, okay. was the first Pebble Mill presenter that, that I knew. Yeah, okay. yes. he was, and he seemed to do it for years. 
but maybe that's just when you're young and watching pebble mill time telescopes yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i hadn't realized when i think about how long the one show's been going for that's absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. um but what bbc one needed i remember it being explained to me at the time was some a show to straddle that awkward period between your regional down your region wildly popular regional news shows at yeah. half six and then the beginning of the evening schedule that was family friendly let's be kind easy on the brain <laughs> and everyone could sit down and not so much absorb but have on yes let's be clear about yeah. what part that the show plays in it's a sort of background the fabric of our national uh, life yeah does yeah. it when they i mean they meant to, to move it from birmingham at your behest they must have no, been very I'm... keen on adrian you go we, we want we'll go wherever wherever his family will need to be <laughs> i'm maybe bigging my role up a bit here <laughs> i just didn't fancy moving to birmingham i'm quite sure they would have said to him well commute then you should probably check up on this <laughs> my belief is it, they were quite keen to have it somewhere other than london yeah and it just wouldn't have been practical for us at that point very good and has yeah. it changed much since those early days you've obviously spent the last week watching it was it a similar um, you know show? What? I've got to be honest. I was surprised watching it over the last week how much I enjoyed of mm. the show. And it really does, I think, do that difficult thing of filling that hole and bridging that gap. Yeah. Because there's a lot for all the stupid things about the programme, and of course there are some stupid things, there are also some very good things. And in a funny, slightly heart-lifting sort of way, life-affirming, it does celebrate Britain in a way that actually no other show on telly gets close to doing it you're absolutely right and there's nowhere else you would find a a four or five minute film about pine martins yes without a sight of one pine martin at all in the film i felt that was a weakness in that particular film but (laughs) is that the one about richmond park um there was another film i enjoyed the pine martins is 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 very much a keystone film for us we do mention it a lot but no the richmond park one was a film that we've seen similar things to before right where they say we're going to be following the new one show wildlife cameraman mm. as they begin to get to grips with the job yeah and so you begin watching this piece which really isn't about anything other than the idea this person may soon make a film that you will want to watch well okay there was nothing in that well, it's warming there? you up for the possibility but I, I what i would say about the richmond park film that i did see this week i'm sure i did i mm. did didn't i yes yeah um <laughs> it was just it was beautiful now, the countryside is beautiful at this time of year, as we've seen along the rickshaw route this week from Kent up towards the Welsh borders. Here's Patrick's take on autumn with the help of one of our new breed of one-show wildlife photographers. Mm. And it made Richmond Park look lovely. And I haven't been there since... Well, unfortunately, it's got bad memories for me because I went on Boxing Day a couple of years ago and just before everyone in the household, apart from me, got the norovirus. Oh, right. Oh. So we got we were driving back from Richmond Park when the first person expressed a certain amount of digestive... <laughs> unease uh, which began quite possibly the worst 24 hours of my life and I've probably led a sheltered life I should say sounds like um, quite a good one show I, film it I, does, yeah. it, that would have been a cracking yeah. one show film and I'm ready to cooperate with that if they choose to make so it so what we've done we've equipped Jane Garvey with GoPro <laughs> the family have got GoPros on and they're vomiting into toilets <laughs> and a vial of norovirus let's Just see, see how she got on <laughs> the answer is I did rather well actually um, and in fact when the ambulance had to come and this is by no means a joke the Gosh. ambulance did have to come in the end uh the ambulance crew praised me for my fortitude in the face of 
oceans of vomit and diarrhoea. <laughs> um, anyway, it's not funny. And I should say my poor old mum was dehydrated, which is why I had oh to call an ambulance. Good. She's fine. Yeah, well, thank you. That's got Still a happy ending. Good. Yeah. Phew. Thank yes, for that. absolutely. Well, although on the one show, a handbrake turn like that would be nothing. Did you spot a handbrake turn in this week's um, lineup? Well, I, nothing I felt really made me wince. There was a moment when Marcus Mumford was recommending a book about lifers in American jails. Now, yeah. Marcus is a quite an earnest chap isn't he um and and it's a book i've since ordered because i thought well, that sounded that sounds rather interesting oh, right. i think it's called just mercy mm-hmm. and he was obviously enjoying the book and and he'd been asked whether or not he was an avid reader he said he certainly was and this is the book he was reading at the moment and he explained what it was and alex just went it's a bit heavy <laughs> <laughs> and which of course it is. Yeah. Um, I've started it, and it is. But you it's could see also her face, rather good. You? In a sort of, this isn't for our audience. It's not for us. She didn't know you were watching. That's uh, well, uh, yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, she knows, it was of for you. Yeah. Yeah, she would have but, known. Yeah, yeah. Know yeah. But you're a big reader, Marcus. Uh, yeah. Any recommendations at the minute? Uh, a book I've been obsessed with and read twice, and actually I saw someone reading it on the tube on the way here, is a book by a guy called Brian Stevenson called Just Mercy. He's a lawyer at the Equal Justice Initiative in the States, and he... It's basically a human rights law. It represents lifers without parole. Sounds quite heavy. Yeah. It is quite heavy, but it's written in a really beautiful way and the narrative makes a lot of sense and Lovely. he's a bit of a hero of mine. Nice. So, yeah. Well, another great recommendation is your new album. This it was it we... was a funny week of one shows this week, and that's because they were building up to Children in Need. Yeah. And that really, really dominated proceedings. Mm. So we didn't have quite as many strange handbrake turns because they would continually go, let's go back to Matt, yeah. who's yes. in Ironbridge. Yeah. Um, there was one I spotted, which was when Eddie Redmayne and Catherine Waterston were on promoting mm. the crimes of Grindelwald, that you know, mm. Harry Potter film. And they had a very quick chat with them at the beginning of the programme. And they, obviously we know what the crime is all about, you know, creatures. And then I think who was presenting it? It was, um, oh, um, it was uh, Adey, Adepatan yes, and yeah. Alex. And I'd not seen him on the show before. Um, he's the, I liked he's the, him. The, the wheelchair basketball yeah, guy. Yeah, I think I've seen him doing... Presenter. I think I've seen him like, doing videos stuff yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So he's on. They had a quick chat about the film. And then he just sort of went, now the film features all kinds of magical creatures, but can any of them compete with Harriet? Now, um, the film features all kinds of magical creatures, but can any of them compete with Harriet, we wonder? Mm. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then then, uh, just a a clip from someone's phone of a braying donkey came on. Uh. (laughs) And it was a singing donkey from Northern Ireland. Alex was very keen to point that out. Now... This donkey has been delighting people in Northern Ireland with her operatic singing voice. Uh, Operatic? I think she sounds constipated. More roughage, Harriet. It's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) And then that prompted, of course, now, if any of you have got a pet that does something extraordinary, please do let us know. We we saw a a lot of photographs of conga lines. Well, can I just say, Mm. the the photograph I saw of the conga... Conquering dogs. There mm. appeared to be a dog in a state of extreme excitement. Unusually for the one show, they did sort of go, This photo looks unwholesome. And everybody had a good laugh at that, which is unusual for them. I, I wasn't they laughing, I was well away. petrified. I, I saw that and thought, Have I seen that? Um, but no, I mean, it was. The, the dog. Yeah. In the middle. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It looked it's... delighted to be there. <laughs> Well, I wasn't delighted to see it. <laughs> no. Once seen, never unseen. Oh, either. God, yeah. The donkey, by the way, they went to a VT of... Um, they, they, they did the shout-out for creatures yeah. and then said... Um, uh, Ade said, I'm looking forward to hearing from those fantastic beasts. Now, wedding stress is only too real. <laughs> 
then they had a film about weddings. Yeah. Uh, but then when they came back, they had to apologise because the donkey wasn't from Northern Ireland. <laughs> and it was from Galway. And it had apparently been in touch. OK, news just in. The donkey's been on. The donkey is from Galway. Don't not mess with, Northern Ireland. Don't mess with that donkey. OK, sorry. Sorry. I mean, it'd be in demand now. So we just have to put that right. OK. <laughs> Go, fantastic beasts. Fantastic beasts. So, um, <laughs> it's a really stupid mistake to make. <laughs> Label a Galway donkey Northern Irish. I mean, why? I mean, you've got to be careful. You've got to be very careful. I just, especially I with the cannot work out how it yeah. will have used the phone. But that I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait your turn. I'm sure you will see. Yeah. Did you see the film about weddings? By the way, that was no, a... no. I, no, I, I obviously missed the step. Yeah, it was about Asian weddings specifically. Sikh weddings. Well, actually, the two young women who did the report then came on Woman's Hour the next day. Oh, and they were really interesting. And I, it was something I knew nothing about, to be fair. And again, this is what I mean about the one show. It, it sometimes tells me stuff. I didn't know about things I probably ought to know about. Mm, and, um, you know, this the idea that you'd spend 75 grand on a wedding yeah. and with a great deal of family and cultural pressure behind you to go through with it, to do it in the first place and, of course, to keep the marriage going only, in the case of these two young women, for the relationships to fall apart within a year. Mm. And actually, they were both really lovely, but, but it was. I don't think it's easy to be a divorced Sikh woman. No, apparently not. Um, and it really yeah. isn't, and you're you have a certain amount of judgment upon you. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was. I thought you know, fair play. That was interesting. That was interesting. It was an interesting film. Yeah. It wasn't one where I zoned out at all. I mean, the thing is, they only had room for certain films this week because of the whole rickshaw yeah. children need thing. Because I started to time how long they were doing the rickshaw stuff for, and it was it was like fifty percent of the program. Oh, e- easily. Yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. I think. On, I mean, on Friday they had Boyzone in, and it was half an hour, and I think Boyzone must have. I don't know, three, four minutes. And the rest of it was just putting in the children in need videos. It just didn't let up. Yeah. Mm. Boyzone didn't look best pleased. Didn't they? No. I they didn't were, see that. They were there for a long time and they weren't asked very much. And so you are just sitting on a sofa watching people do their job. I've got to be honest, what would I ask Boyzone <laughs> if, if my life depended on it? Well, what, they've been uh, going 25 years now and they are, they are on, they've decided to call it a day. Oh, yeah. So I suppose rather than ask them a question, you could just shake their hands and say, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for for ending Draw. this <laughs> when the awards ceremony we were mentioning earlier where oh, you um, yes. <clears throat> got gold there was a best newcomer award that went to Ronan Keating mm. yeah. best newcomer Ronan Keating and as one of the other people who were up for best newcomer pointed out to me afterwards they said do you know that's the only time a best newcomer in this industry has left here on a private jet <laughs> <laughs> which Ronan Keating did straight after the ceremony did, did to go on holiday really? yeah. but he still came he still came to collect best newcomer. Yeah, and that's best for his, newcomer. That's for his show on uh, Heart. Or... Magic Heart Magic. It's one of the two. one of them. Well, they are a bit know. indistinguishable. They those really two stations. Are. Yeah, I have to. Be, I'd be more amused by the thought of Ronan Keating if his his seminal work Life Is a Roller Coaster wasn't my most played track <laughs> of all time. I do love a bit of that. Do you love a bit of roller coaster? Uh, and life, it's so well, true, isn't it? Is life is a roller? A roller he's right. He's like a sage. Well. I mean, like I say, I can't take the piss. I'll play it probably every day of my life, <laughs> at least once. <laughs> it has turned out to be the gift that, for me, has kept on giving. What a revelation. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Somebody call a tabloid. <laughs> or call for tablets, one of the two. Yeah. Hi, I'm Julia Rayside, and I'd like to invite you aboard my podcast. 
Always There is the only podcast to navigate through every single episode in order of the 1980s seafaring soap opera, Howard's Way. I mean, if we're talking lacquer, we need to go back to Polly, who's got 28 cans of Elmer. Dawn. It was definitely um, yeah. feeling horrible that you hadn't done your homework. Yeah. Obviously, Lynn is immediately in a bikini. It's, it's a freezing day in, I'm guessing, February. I was February. that swing pool looks f***ing freezing. You don't have to love Howard's Way or even remember it. We're going to talk about it anyway, because I think it's brilliant. Jack still feels very much at sea. I can't help reaching for these puns. I'm so yeah, sorry. No, it's important. He doesn't really acknowledge how grave... What his... an ocean of trouble Thank you. It is. This is why we got you on your there bloody sea. That's all I've got. I'm leaving now. Available from your usual podcast supplier. Find us on Twitter at AlwaysTherePod. Somebody's nicked my bloody boat. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, so what, what else did we see? I want to talk about one of the other films. Did you see the man who won a bookshop yes, in a I raffle? Yes, I did see that, yeah. And this was the Marcus Mumford episode. Mm. Mm. Well, that was why he was asked about books. That's I mean, he right. just realized it was the link, you see, between yeah. that's how they got out of the film. Bit heavy. Bit heavy. Bit heavy. <laughs> there was... Alex's nightmare is to be given a bookshop. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do with it? <laughs> well, they didn't know either. There's a, a, a guy who owned a shop in... I've forgotten him where it was Actually, where was it? Hang on, I think I wrote that down. But they were trying to sell it, him and his wife. Mm. But they decided not to sell it. It was in Wales. There we go. But That's I don't know whereabouts. They were trying to sell it and they couldn't or didn't or decided to just sell the raffle tickets for the shop. Right. To raise money. But it was then won by someone who just sort of entered it on a whim. Right, who was essentially just a confused Dutch man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got no experience in retail or anything, was Dutch. <laughs> and then you've won a, you've won a bookshop. 59 people enter the draw open to any customer buying £20 worth of books. An eccentric contest with a totally unprepared winner, CJ, who had moved near here from Holland. He went, if you, I think you, you had to buy £20 worth of books and you got a free raffle ticket or something. Right. You, the, so, you, so, you didn't even buy the ticket. You didn't even have no, to have that no, level that, of interest. Exactly. You buy some books. If it's over 20 quid, you get a free ticket into the draw mm. for the bookshop. Anyway, so then he looked confused enough. But yeah. then they said he doesn't know what to do with the bookshop yet but he's enlisted the help of an online gaming pal Stefan who up until three days ago lived in Iceland oh my lord <laughs> have, you, have you given yourself like a five year plan or is it a five week oh, plan no what, plans that's no you never plan plans are terrifying however CJ has made one decision he's not going to do this alone 
He's enlisted the help of an online gaming friend, Stefan, who up until three days ago lived in Iceland. I, I mean, I if, you, if you want to visit this bookshop, I'd suggest going pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they did a big uh, video that I saw. Like you say, they're sort of at their best when they're Britain's local news. Mm. But this one they had was about Betfred. I don't know if you saw this story. No, saw this, yeah. but it was about sports betting. Well, it was a chap who had won £1.4 million. Oh, and he didn't pounds. get it. Yeah. yeah. And they, uh, yeah. They, they seemingly just, Betfred turned around and said, actually, there was a glitch in the game. Yeah. So we'll give you sixty grand and... You know, call off yeah. the dogs. Yeah. And they mentioned that the trial started in the High Court on Monday. So the guy who hadn't been given the money was taking uh, Betfred to court. Mm. And I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, this is an active trial. And with the iPlayer, I was watching them quite openly discussing about mm. the rights and wrongs of this. Yeah. So I actually think the one show might be in danger of perverting the course of justice. <laughs> but, but it's not a criminal trial. It's not trial. a criminal trial. Oh, is it not? No, it will oh. be a civil trial, won't yeah. it? So. I really thought next week the whole of the one show would we be in prison. <laughs> i tell you what, that would be a good film. <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah. I'm now actually fully intending to watch the one show yeah. for the rest of my life. Yeah. Wow. Now, um, every day, it's the morning, I go, life is a roller coaster. In the evening, ping. I settle down. Life yeah. means life is a roller coaster. Um, so, how can you tell if you've got ground up glass in your breakfast? <laughs> Dom Littlewood went to find out. <laughs> went to the showers. The Betfred thing led to Gloria Estefan being asked if she read Terms and Conditions. Yes. And I, so I now know that quite routinely Gloria Estefan doesn't read the Terms and Conditions. And I didn't know that before I indulged myself with the one show last it, it week. It was such a nice piece by the presenter yeah. who's a guy called Joe. And he obviously wanted to try and bring in the big star into the story to make it relevant. But turning to her casually and saying, um, yeah. now, I'm not a great reader of Terms and Conditions. Are you, Gloria? <laughs> <laughs> But let's suppose for a moment there was a glitch, a genuine software malfunction. Mm. Then it all comes down to the terms and conditions. Now, personally, I'm not a great reader of terms and conditions. Are you, Gloria? No. no. I don't care. <laughs> I shouldn't think she Gloria wasn't. has seen terms and conditions in her life. <laughs> the, the, the way they got into the film, though, with Gloria, because Gloria was there to promote On Your Feet, which is a, a the musical. musical. Yeah. But the way they got into that film, it was sort of, well, Gloria's musical, On Your Feet. And then it was almost going, now, the rise of online gambling. It ruins people. So on your feet and on your arse up to your neck in it. (laughs) (laughs) Because they had Gloria Estefan on, they started with a little bit of business where Alex and the guest host Sandy Toxvig were dressed like Miami Vice if someone said to you, you've got 30 seconds to to try and dress like you're in Miami. Uh, Well, tonight we've come over, as you can see, all Miami Vice. Because our guest tonight is the queen of Miami. She lives in Miami. She part-owns the Miami (laughs) Dolphins. And her band was called the Miami Sound Machine. Honestly, by right, she should be the mayor of Miami. Absolutely. So get on your feet and welcome the legendary Gloria Estefan. Pastel suits, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, so Alex is wearing a sort of pink pastel suit and mm. Sandy Toxvig had a large gold medallion with mm. a dollar sign around her neck, which not quite Miami, but you can see what they were going for. The thing is, she didn't take it off. So for the, if you'd have tuned in about 10 minutes in, you would have either thought that Sandy Toxvig was really flaunting the fact that she's doing you know a lot of business at the she's moment. Doing well, yeah. Or, or you'd have thought, is this some kind of weird protest about 
in unequal pay. <laughs> what's what's so, weird about that? Be very careful. Yeah. The way that she oh, did that's it why you're wearing that. a dollar sign today. <laughs> I just, Here I am. I couldn't afford one, mate. <laughs> Jeremy Vine's got them all. Pretty <laughs> um, I also thought it was quite funny to see the audience. They dressed them up. And again, whoever had been in charge of wardrobe didn't really understand what Miami was. Mm. And they were dressed in glittery top hats and great big Elton John glasses. And it looked a little bit more like the Rocky Horror Show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they should have ideally have just been armed with guns. The Miami Tourist Board weren't like that, were they? I think think Gloria was a good example of an American guest who very, very professionally plays the game. I mean, these Americans, they are brilliant contributors. Yeah. I mean, I'd book her any day of the week. She seemed a charming woman, intelligent. She didn't take the piss. She went along with stuff. Uh, And they are just so... They are cracking bookings. I mean, you can't get one of those every day. No. I mean, whereas Eddie Redmayne, I'm intrigued by... He looks like... And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. He he just doesn't look real. There's something about him that I'd never in my real life ever meet a man who looked like <laughs> Eddie Redmayne. Well, I just I just wouldn't. There's something exquisite about mm. his features. Present company accepted. Oh, sorry. I mean, obviously. <laughs> For me, he looks a little bit like a 1930s illustration of a fox. <laughs> A fox. Yeah. Sandy and russet. Then he's got those sort of quite nervous eyes and little sharp teeth. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> he goes through your bins. Did you see he did a sort of <laughs> Did you, you see imagine? he did a sort of prank on Alex? Yes. Now this was a children in need special. Mm. Did you see this? No, Jane? I didn't see this, no. So I was probably did, out raising money. They, 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 <laughs> you were in the Pudsy costume that night. Oh yes. Mini Pudsy I was. They, um, they had the interview on the one show about the film, and that was fine. But then there was a separate thing that turned up on Children in Need Night, which purported in all of the setups to be from the one show this week mm. on live television. And it was a prank where Eddie and his Catherine, co-star yeah. Yeah, mm. were answering Alex's questions, but their answers were being fed to them by three children in a different studio and they had to say whatever the children told them to okay, say. But yeah. the setup was, and this was from the one show this week. But it wasn't. It wasn't broadcast on the one show. No. no. But they did hint at this funny film they'd made for children in need, yeah. didn't they? Mm. Yeah. And that was it, wasn't that it? That was it. But it, but, it, but they were sort of going down the route of, this happened on the one show this week and Alex was confused. Oh, but they're all wearing different clothes. I'm going to write in. <laughs> yeah. Because you've spotted something. I did spot it. Was it was a fakery. Lie, BBC was. fakery. They were clearly news. all done in the edit. <laughs> they knew what was going on because... They'd got props they had to bring out. So it wasn't like the children were being spontaneous because there were things in Eddie's pocket that he had to get well, out. You know what you've done? You've totally de- deconstructed oh, and ruined that gang. I've ruined children in need. Oh, well. Well, I've only started you've yet. Killed, <laughs> killed you have. Right. Alex did say, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and then I found out it was a prank. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> Come on, Alex, love. Speaking of ruining children in need, right, yeah. I want to share something with you now. Is it okay. really horrible? No. No, no, no. What it is, is... Uh, so, our, on the radio show I do on a Saturday, last week, I was supposed to interview Matt Baker. Because the, the Rickshaw Matt Challenge yeah. was cycling through Kent, right, which is where I was doing it. Yeah. And it had been set up that I was going to do an interview with Matt Baker. Because, obviously, with BBC local radio stations, they want to do the tide and everything else. Mm. So, that was fine. It was set up for, uh, I think, 25 past 10 in the morning. And with 10 minutes to go... <laughs> Uh, I said to my producer, what, what time is Matt Baker on schedule from what village and everything else? And he said, ah, we, we've had an email. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it goes like this. You're going to read it to us? Oh, yeah. This is from uh, Sarah, uh, Children in Need, Press and Publicity. Hi, Phil. That's my producer. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much for speaking with Matt earlier this morning. He'd been on a previous show from a different village. 
while we appreciate the support, I've been listening to John's show. Oh, no. And I heard him talking about, quote, Pudsey stowing migrants. (laughs) Did you, though? Yes. On the journey from the tunnel and possibly hanging off the bottom of the rickshaw. Oh, God. (laughs) I understand he was making a joke, but it was really quite insensitive. It wasn't that insensitive. It could have been worse. And the BBC's charity, so it's highly inappropriate. Unfortunately now, due to tight filming constraints... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Matt is unavailable. Oh, that's lovely. Saw the interview. The trouble with you is you just go too far, don't Apparently you? Apparently I do. Yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah. I yeah. go all the way, metaphorically, from Calais to Salford. There was yeah. a lovely thing which a, 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 yeah. one of our Twitter followers had put up, which was they had Pudsey, I think, signing his name on the side of the Channel Tunnel. Yeah. And nobody had checked to see the other graffiti that was on the tunnel so Pudsey unfortunately signed his name next to uh, the phrase tits oot um, (laughs) with a crudely drawn pair of women's breasts (laughs) and Pudsey Pudsey uh, I've got Joel I've got Matt Pudsey Pudsey wouldn't do that no no well Pudsey did do that I suppose he's only got 50% vision You you said he do we know well I suppose not no, I mean, In there's this an day and age. Pudsey can identify however Pudsey likes. Pudsey damn well can. And I put it to you that it could well be a non-binary Pudsey coming your way sooner rather than later. There was um, a lot of actual feedback from people who follow. So uh, Mr Sandwich on Twitter said, um, I actually shared a Mersey ferry ride with Matt Baker this morning. I was happy to report that his arrival in Liverpool was marked with muted, unenthusiastic applause <laughs> in good old-fashioned one-show tradition. <laughs> Um, a lot of the uh, someone also Sean here who is at May Gurney he uh, wrote on November the 16th which is the Friday it's over it's finally over no more fucking rickshaw <laughs> we saw a lot of the rickshaw this well week. we should talk about that I, I didn't I presumed that because it's the rickshaw challenge that they'd all be on rickshaws or no. at least Matt would be on a rickshaw no Matt no. isn't on a rickshaw is he no, no. no, no, is, no. It, is there only one rickshaw yes designed by McLaren let's not forget oh, that yeah. I'm very okay. keen on that McLaren the car people who also do the buggies that's them yeah. is it the same company yeah Wow. And anything with wheels. And also Steve yeah. McLaren. So quite a bad <laughs> <laughs> You see, I didn't realise then, like you, I, I thought the Rickshaw Challenge was indeed... I knew there was one Rickshaw, yeah. but, and I knew the kids were having a go, but I actually Matt would be sitting in it the whole journey, lording it up. That's <laughs> what I'd do if I was him. Towing him round and come on! But no, he was riding alongside them all the time on a bike. Uh, mm. Quite commendable, I would say. But we did then learn... That I thought all the kids were then on bikes as well. Yeah. But they only do a sex, tiny section each. And mm-hmm. then, at one point, he did an interview with one of them, and he said, uh, you've got a lovely ca- the lovely camper van to keep warm in. And I was like, so, what? Mm. And we he haven't seen they, that, have we? They get, no, 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 no. That was the only reference to it. They get in the van, mm. they are then driven, while one of them gets out, and they take it in turns to do the rickshaw, and then they get back in the van. C- considering is they this spend, team rickshaw or team van? Is what I Considering they know. spend 15 to 20 minutes every day of the week doing the rickshaw challenge. It's amazing they haven't really shown the backstage bit where the kids are in the van. If you're doing this rickshaw challenge, and Matt is very keen on it being his rickshaw, I thought he'd be in the rickshaw and there'd be a different kid in the back at every stage. I mean, if there's no one in a rickshaw... Is it a rickshaw? I think someone has to be in the rickshaw oh for it to count as a rickshaw Great challenge. philosophical questions of our time. Because <laughs> otherwise, they could just go on a bike. It could just be a bike challenge. It'd be equally difficult. Yeah. How, do we know how many years they've done the rickshaw thing for? Oh, I think you said it was eight or something. Yeah, yes. I think probably enough now. Yeah. Maybe they're looking, they should I, be thinking of something I, else. I, if after eight years you haven't quite made the rickshaw the centrepiece of the rickshaw challenge, <laughs> let's do something else. But 
credit to Matt, you know, he was exhausted doing a lot of it. Yeah. Um, my favourite bit was they opened on Matt going up a hill. Uh, a couple of times he really didn't look best pleased. He looked exhausted and tired and a bit crotchety. The best opening was it just cut to him on a hill saying, Red sky at night, rickshaw delight. <laughs> Red sky at night, rickshaw delight. And although Kieran probably wouldn't believe this as I talk to you now, but the worst of the hills are over. What a morning it has been. We've even set a rickshaw world record today. You can find out what that's all about a little bit later on. When fingers crossed, we'll see you Iron Bridgeway. And every time they show them with the, the, the kids behind Matt, the lines of traffic. Oh, I know, yes. The I cars, wrote this as down. far yeah. as you could see. Yeah. Angry motorists. Oh, really pissed off from Calais mm. to Salford. <laughs> you'd be furious as well because you know you can't say anything and you can't use the horn. You have to sit oh, there. I bet there were some honkers. They just <laughs> yeah. didn't do them. They're <laughs> bound to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt, um, you'd have to have a heart of stone not to be impressed by some of the kids, by the way, I should say. Absolutely. And I, totally. I did think they were incredible and committed. And just strong and brave in a way that I certainly have never been in my life. So let's put that out there. Yeah, you're absolutely uh, right. Because it's absolutely worth saying. But Matt, is it part of his contract to do that? Do we know? I think he because loves what it. if he was a fat git who just couldn't? No, <laughs> what if? Not talking about my ex-husband particularly, but uh, uh, no, to be fair, he did. He did. He was made to do some charity bike ride with Alan Shearer for Children in Need. Oh, oh um, that rings a bell. This is a long time but, ago. But that now. was vintage one show. That was very much a sort of professional. You know, but, you had. Didn't they do the whole of Britain? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember whether he came back or not. Maybe why we're not still. But I, I don't. I didn't always take much notice of what he said he was doing. That's where I went wrong. Um, I think he did do a hell of a long journey yeah. with, with Alan Shearer, and it was bloody hard work. It was really physically punishing. So I just wonder whether Matt is made. Is, is it just something he absolutely has to do? I think he loves it, and I think um, you can see as well. Why do you think he loves it? Because I think he likes talking to the kids. And I think he's, he's really good at it. He, he comes from ch- children's television background. I think he's got a good connection with the kids. He talks to them in a way that they're not patronised by him. Mm. And I think he, certainly his strengths, you know, are, are in that thing of getting across these stories by these children to adults. And it was well produced. I thought well the yeah. way they did it by, because we knew their stories from the films they've been doing over the last six months or whatever. Mm. But getting them to do it while trying to power up a hill in the driving rain. Mm. Yeah. And he was next to them asking them their story. Uh, and he was, you know, talking about journeys because that's what they were on. And it was just kind of a well produced way of getting these stories and actually, out. I mean, and it, I mean, credit to Matt, you think about it. If you're with those kids, it's not like if you're with Alan Shearer, where you can turn to Alan at the end of the day and go, well, that was bloody hard that was horrible god my back is killing me when they're kids you've got to be positive you can't take one of them aside when they're they're 12 and just go well this is the shit (laughs) you know the the food has been absolutely pitiful do you want to you know i mean you can't do any of that you just have to be going what a day we've had tremendous fantastic what a day and on that cliffhanger part one of this week's the the one show show draws to a close but like uh over-friendly dog or a boomerang or a recurring STD. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. Subscribe so you don't miss a thing.
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.